ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮಯೋಗ ಶ್ರೀ ಶ್ರೀ ಸಚ್ಚಿದಾನಂದೇಂದ್ರ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಸ್ವಾಮೀಜಿ ಹೊಳೆ ನರಸೀಪುರ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಬುಕ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪಬ್ಲಿಕೇಶನ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಇಂಗ್ಲಿಷ್ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಎ ಬ್ರಾಡ್ ಔಟ್ಲೈನ್ ಆಫ್ ವೇದಾಂತ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಒನ್ ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮಯೋಗ ಹಿಯರ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಸೀನ್ ಸೆವರಲ್ ಸೆಷನ್ಸ್ ಟುಡೇ ವಿ ವಿಲ್ ಎಸ್ಟರ್ಡೇ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾಡ್ ಸೀನ್ ಶ್ರವಣ ಲಿಸ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಟುಡೇ ಮನನ ವಿಲ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂ ರಿಫ್ಲೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗಣೇಶಾಯ ನಮಃ ಡಾಕ್ಟರ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣಮೂರ್ತಿ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರಿ ತಂಪೆ ಪುಣಚ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ಸೊ ಇನ್ನು ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮ ಯೋಗ ಎ ಬುಕ್ ಬೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಶ್ರೀ ಸಚ್ಚಿದಾನಂದೇಂದ್ರ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಸ್ವಾಮೀಜಿ ಹೊಳೆ ನರಸೀಪುರ ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮ ಪ್ರಕಾಶ ಕಾರ್ಯಾಲಯ ಹೊಳೆ ನರಸೀಪುರ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ಹಿಯರ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಲಿಸ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಆರ್ ಶ್ರವಣ ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಈಸ್ ದಿ ಮನನ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ನಿಧಿಧ್ಯಾಸನ ಸೊ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಮನನ ರಿಫ್ಲೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಆಸ್ ಪ್ರೀವಿಯಸ್ಲಿ ಮೆನ್ಷನ್ಡ್ ದಿ ಡೈರೆಕ್ಟ್ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ದಿ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ನಾಲೇಜ್ ಆರ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರೈಬ್ಡ್ ಬೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಶಂಕರ ಇನ್ ಈಸ್ ಬೃಹಧಾರಣಿಕ ಭಾಷೆಯ ಟೂ ಫೋರ್ ಫೈವ್ ಆಸ್ ಫಾಲೋಸ್ ದರ್ ಫೋರ್ ದಿ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಮೈ ಡಿಯರ್ ಮೈತ್ರೇಯಿ ಶುಡ್ ಬಿ ರಿಯಲೈಸ್ಡ್ ಈಸ್ ವರ್ತಿ ಆಫ್ ರಿಯಲೈಸೇಷನ್ ಆರ್ ಶುಡ್ ಬಿ ಮೇಡ್ ದಿ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ರಿಯಲೈಸೇಷನ್ ಇಟ್ ಶುಡ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಬಿ ಹರ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ಎ ಟೀಚರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ದಿ ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಪ್ಚರ್ಸ್ ದೆನ್ ರಿಫ್ಲೆಕ್ಟೆಡ್ ಅಪಾನ್ ಥ್ರೂ ರೀಸನಿಂಗ್ ಸೊ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಶ್ರವಣ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ಮನನ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ಸ್ಟೆಡ್ ಫಾಸ್ಟ್ ಸ್ಟ್ರೆಟ್ ಫಾಸ್ಟ್ಲಿ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಟೆಡ್ ಅಪಾನ್ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ನಿಧಿಧ್ಯಾಸನ this is a brief account of these three means and among these three we have already dealt with the first one and the last that is shravana and nididhyasana or adhyatma yoga <coughs> adhyatma yoga and nididhyasana are same we have dealt shravana we have dealt now <coughs> we will see reflection or manana for the present <coughs> the middle one namely manana has to be dealt with shri shankara has pointed out that manana should be done through reasoning <clears throat> here the word reasoning commonly connotes logic inferences conjectures and tarka in the case of the self knowledge it should be kept in mind mere logic or pure reasoning according to the western philosophers or inferences as per eastern tarkikas is not at all useful to the aspirants according to sri shankara's bhashya there are three kinds of logic the first is dry logic which contradicts the common experiences in practical life for if one says a non poisonous hmm, water snake hmm, is like a poisonous snake like cobra the water snake does not thereby become poisonous or if one says a snake is like a water snake the snake does not thereby become non poisonous snake or cobra pick does not or uh, if you tell cobra is like a water snake the cobra does not thereby become non poisonous that is according to sutra bhashya 2210 there are some examples of mere logic as used in algebra like if a is equal to b and if b is equal to c then evidently a is equal to c these examples are of uh, 
uh, of mere logic are based on certain thought processes only but no one knows for certain what exactly these letters a b and c denote or stand for or whether they are equal or not etc without consideration considering the facts as they are to join two types of thoughts and to draw a conclusion thereby is the nature of this kind of logic these two kinds of examples belong to the class of dry logic called uh, as uh, uh, in sanskrit as kutarkas kutarka the second category of logic is called as pramana tarka in sanskrit meaning the inference based on sense perceptions for example if one sees smoke on the top of a mountain he enters uh, that there must be he infers that there must be fire here the existence of the smoke is established on the strength of the sense perception and the existence of the fire is inferred this is deduced on the strength of one's previous experience of having seen the smoke emanating from the fire this kind of logic is useful to some extent in our daily life the indian tarka shastra or system of logic called as prachina nyaya and navina nyaya etc are built up stupid stupendously with their innumerable rules and regulations as well as many maxims in this uh, field the disputant disputant who relies on stronger grounds of evidences is capable of vanquishing his rivals in this system of logic if the fundamental perception on which the later inferences have been drawn is found or proved to be wrong then the whole range of inferences built on it become null and void for example when one has apparently seen smoke on the top of a mountain and later he has realized that it was not smoke at all but it was only a whirlwind or fog etc then all his previous inferences stand cancelled so also if the evidences or maxims are proved to be incorrect then also all his reasonings do not hold water Sri Shankara points out mainly three defects of logic in general and they are one no finality is ever reached because a logic logician may confirm that he uh, his is the real truth but in due course of time another more powerful logician may refute it and the later may stand refuted by another later another later and so on and it is impossible to determine the final truth by bringing together in one congregation all the past present and the future logicians and decide once for all second point there is always the possibility of mutual contradiction among the logicians third one there is always the possibility of self contradiction in every logician's contentions in sutra bhasha 2111 shri shankara has elaborately dealt with these defects the third is called as shrauta tarka or reasoning based on the shruti utterances this tarka or reasoning is to be taken here in this manana or reflection on the self to some extent the pramana tarkas or the reasoning of the second category mentioned above also may be taken in so far as it is not inconsistent with the shruti utterances but predominantly the aspirant has to rely on shrauta tarka only shri shankara has sounded a warning about this it was also argued that by enjoining reflection over and above hearing the brahmanika upanishad shows that logic also is to be honored but 
through such a subterfuge empty logic cannot find any scope here for logic conforming to the upanishads is alone resorted to here as a subsidiary means helping realization according to sutra bhashya 216 the significances of shrauta tarka are as follows a the shrauta tarka relies on the intuitive experience of one's own real nature as the self which is based on universal acceptance b taking two partial intuitions and joining them and here uh, thereby drawing a conclusion on the firm ground of uh, intuitive experience c so this reasoning is beyond the ken of duality meaning it is neither concerned to the sense perceptions the mental conceptions or intellectual inferences nor is it concerned to the thought constructs of time space and causation etc <coughs> it should be evident to a discerning aspirant that there is no scope whatever for any opposition or contradiction to the conclusions drawn on the basis of this shrauta tarka because this reasoning is beyond the ken of duality these types of reasonings are exemplified by shri shankara in his above quoted bhashya portion and this is of this kind since the states of dream and wakefulness contradict each other the self is not identified with any of any one of them since the individual soul dissociates itself from the world in the state of deep sleep to become one with the self which is existence it must be the same as the transcendental self since creation has originated from brahman and since the law is that the cause and effect are non different creation must be non different from brahman and so on sutra bhashya 216 here we have to discuss about these three types of reasoning in the first kind it is said that the waking state and the dream state inevitably cancel each other when each of them appears the self who is the substratum of these these two states is not circumscribed by them this is the significance of the first reason here one should remember that the waking state includes the three planes namely the divine the material and corporeal that is uh, so which are described in the body of the uh, book on adhyatma page number 23 and uh, the concepts of uh, time space and causation as also all the creatures along with the the enquirers enquirers mention uh, me notion or i notion thus the total phenomena of phenomenon of the waking state should be taken as a whole so also the dream state is to be considered when the aspirant observes uh, this process of discrimination about both the states then naturally he loses his identification with his ego and takes his stand in his true nature as the self otherwise these two phenomena of the waking and the dream states cannot be assessed in a comprehensive manner by this process of discrimination when one that is viveka sadasad viveka or discrimination when uh, when one discerns that his own nature is untained by these two states that is jagrat and swapna or awakening awaking and dream then he cognizes the essence of these two false appearances is the self alone in the vrhadaranyaka upanishad the sage yajnavalkya has taught 
this truth to king janaka affirming that the nature of the self is untainted self illumining and non dual these three conclusions have been drawn from the above reasoning here the intuition of the waking state and the dream state have been taken as two partial intuitions and after joining them on the basis of the common denominator of the real nature of the self and showing their mutual cancellation the conclusion has been drawn about the true nature of the self in the above said in the above said manner so at the end of this reasoning the aspirant is established in his essential nature of non dual brahman to get this result only the shrauta tarka is used but it will be evident to the aspirant that this kind of shrauta tarka is beyond the ken of intellect as well as the concepts of time space and causation this is the special feature of shrauta tarka and this kind of tarka is used in katha upanishad 314 In the second kind of reason two partial intuitions of the waking state and the deep sleep state are taken and from them the conclusion has been drawn that the nature of the individual soul is ever free from mundane or material qualities from the standpoint of waking world every individual feels that i am enjoying pleasure or suffering misery this belief is due to wrong identification with the not selves that is from the body to the ego when he cognizes that the pleasure or the suffering are eliminated by himself as he is the witness of these two kinds of concepts at once he discerns that i am i free from these two this kind of acute or sharp discrimination <coughs> is very difficult to be adopted by the common aspirant a common man though he might have a gigantic intellect understands this type of discrimination to be a mere inference because he has no introvert nature as well as the cap- capacity to seize his identification with his own ego but one who is a qualified student may understand this truth in its proper perspective and significance if he finds any difficulty in taking a stand on his true nature as the self then the intuition of deep sleep is to be taken as the criterion for his guidance in deep sleep every human being is clearly free from all mundane sufferings and he is get, uh, rid of his own ego now the two types of partial intuitions are to be joined here in the following way in the waking state though a person suffers from the mundane calamities as he is the witness of these sufferings he has no taint of them and in deep sleep he is free from all mundane calamities owing to the absence of the adjuncts like the body the mind the intellect and the senses which are false appearances included in the waking state these two intuitions have been joined here and a conclusion is drawn to the effect that the nature of the self is ever free from the mundane sufferings this is the significance of the second kind of reasoning the third kind of reasoning pertains to the bhashya statement since creation has originated from brahman and since law is that the cause and effect are non different creation must be non different from brahman and so on in this regard we have to discuss in detail topics like one according to modern science around a nucleus minute things like protons electrons and neutrons revolve and this conglomeration of an atom atom is the basic unit for all things in the world and hence the creation to the question where from do the things like the nucleus the protons and the electrons are produced the scientists have no answer and they explain it 
away saying that they are there naturally sometimes now nowadays they take they say these are all from a single particle called god particle or higgs boson particle nowadays hmm? they have found out so the same particle can be converted into uh, any atoms hydrogen or helium neon argon krypton anything that is one thing that is god particle or higgs boson particle today nowadays it was not invented at that time when this swami ji wrote this book in 1953 so then naturally so that time it was saying it was natural presence electrons neutrons protons during that time science was telling it is naturally they are present then naturally for these things to function the aspirant uh, the concepts of time and space are required mm-hmm. then if they are further questioned as to how time and space have come into existence then they dismiss it away saying that these questions are concerned to metaphysics in other words they admit that these questions are beyond this sphere next let us consider how how western philosophers like kent and einstein answer this question about time and space according to kent time and space are mental concepts and without these concepts there is no functioning of the mind or the sense organs the external objects are related to time and space and so our sense organs report about them relatively with the concepts of time and space the mind functions in four ways one unity of idea second quality third quantity fourth causation hence we cannot know the thing in itself that is how the world and the mind are there without these concepts of time and space and according to einstein these are all relative things and he conjectures that apart from this phenomenon of the world which is totally in the relative field there must be no menon which is absolute about which he has not drawn any definite conclusions according to the einstein the eastern philosophers one the kapila sankhya kapila kapila sankhya say that the primordial matter of the universe which is called as pradhana prakriti and avyakta unmanifested seed form of the world is the cause for this universe second atoms are the cause for the universe say the vaisheshikas third vaisheshikas nayayikas and patanjali patanjali patanjalas agree with the point that the lord or ishvara is required to create the universe from the atoms or from the prakriti this lord is quite separate from the world as well as the souls fourth point many religions say that god has created this universe and he is the sustainer and the destroyer of this universe and that he is quite independent from the souls as well as the universe fifth point the buddhistic view about the universe is that it is only a mental creation like a dream and there is nothing real here so they assert about the essential uh, essenceless nature of the universe the soul and god and this is called uh, as nihilism that is shunyavada there is nothing beyond this world these are all brief account, uh, <coughs> accounts of the views of the western and the eastern philosophers now let us consider the vedantic view of creation first one has to divine uh, one has to divine that 
the concepts of infinite time space and causation and all the multiplicity are to be included in the word creation shri shankara explains this in his sutra bhashya as follows this universe is manifested through nama and form that is name and uh, roop nama roopa name and form that is associated with the diverse agents and experiences that provides the support to action support for actions and results having well regulated space time and causation and that def- uh, defies all thoughts about the real nature of its creation sutra bhashya 112 to determine any truth vedanta relies on a comprehensive view of life and applying this principle to the problem of creation vedanta guides the aspirants in the following manner the entire creation is restricted to the waking state only jagrat avastha and this waking state emerges from the self is sustained and dissolved in him when the waking state disappears hence it is said in vedanta that the self or brahman is the cause of the universe here the word cause is not used in the ordinary sense in our daily life the cause is concerned to the past and the effect is concerned to the present so the causation seen in the world inevitably requires the time factor but when we consider the question of creation uh, then the words like cause and effect are to be interpreted in a different way altogether hence in vedantic parlance the word cause means reality and the word effect means the false appearance of that reality to explain there is no separate existence for the effect apart from the cause moreover the effect is an imagined thing and hence is only an apparent name and dealing for example in the case of a wooden chair the chair has no independent existence apart from the wood which it is made of the idea of the chair and its dealings are in the ultimate analysis imagined on the substance of the wood so also the relation between the world and brahman it is to be understood here that the world or the universe as brahman is real but world as such is unreal this truth is revealed by shri shankara in his sutra bhashya as follows as the spaces within pots or jars are non different from the cosmic space or as water in a mirage is non different from a sandy desert since they sometimes appear and sometimes vanish away and as such their nature cannot be defined even so it is to be understood that this diverse phenomenal world of experiences things experienced and so on has no existence apart from the brahman sutra bhashya 2114 for this purpose shri shankara has declared in the third type of reasoning quoted above as since creation has originated from brahman and since the law is that the cause and effect are non different creation must be non different from brahman this is also confirmed by Sri Shankara in his Brahadaranika Bhashya by saying that in life if a thing cannot be perceived apart from something else the latter is the essence of that thing according to the guidance of this Shauta Tarka that is what is that in life if a thing cannot be perceived apart from something else if there is nothing cause for something then the, uh, the thing what we are seeing or we are considering the later is the essence of that thing according to the guidance of this shrauta tarka taught or used by vedanta texts and is based on a comprehensive vision of life 
if an aspirant inquires into the cause of the universe he will find at the end of his inquiry that he has automatically falsified the appearance of the universe and at the same time he has intuited the non-dual nature of brahman as his own self this is the benefit accruing from this kind of shrauta tarka now the conclusion to know the secrets of vedantic teachings one should necessarily know the following four fundamentals one the intuition of the self or the eternal witness of the ego second the method of superimposition and <coughs> recession which is called as adhyaropa and apavada third the difference between vastu tantra and karta tantra sadhanas and their results fourth the difference between the absolute or transcendental view point and empirical view point paramarthika satya and vyavaharika satya which are called as uh, called in vedanta as paramartha drishti and the vyavahara drishti the intuition of the self or the eternal witness and the difference between karta tantra and vastu tantra are dealt with briefly in adhyatma yoga and shravana portions therefore here four the method of superimposition and recession is used throughout the vedantic literature particularly in this manan manana portion the discrimination about the states like waking dream and deep sleep and the determination about the cause of the universe etc are based predominantly on this method for example the states or creation are things superimposed on the true nature of the self owing to ignorance and when the inquiry is completed the aspirant discerns that all these are brahman in their essence by this conviction when the previous set of wrong notions have been removed then this sublation of the wrong concepts is called as recession or apavada at the commencement of the teaching whatever things are accepted to be true for the time being from the standpoint of the superimposition that is called as empirical view point or the vyavahara drishti while at the end of the teaching and enquiry all the previous wrong notions are removed on the strength of the absolute view point and this final negation of all superimpositions taught by the shruti or the guru in the form of neti neti or not this not this these types of teachings are called as paramartha drishti or absolute view point <coughs> these fundamentals fundamentals of vedanta which were not known to the spirit spiritual world till recently were revealed by our revered swamiji shri sachidananda saraswati the founder of adhyatma prakash karyalaya holinarasipura hasan district karnataka as a result of a rigorous and intensive research into shankara bhasha for over 50 years so here we come conclude this adhyatma yoga another the next book again adhyatma about about adhyatma yoga by devarao kulkarni we will continue in the next session thank you thank you one and all hari rama